The Daily Wire released a list of the most influential horror movies of all time. I think this is a great list. I don't agree with everything in it, but the point is I love horror movies, and it is Halloween, and the news is about the same as it was outside of Biden's son's emails being confirmed today, but we'll talk about that later. Um, I don't care what kind of horror movie. It can be a scary it can be violent. It can be funny. It doesn't make any difference. I just love horror movies. And Josie and I will spend the next week and a half actually doing nothing but watching horror movies. So I decided to go through this list. I agree. Again, I agree with most of this, but I think some movies are missing, and we'll talk about that as we go. Um, then we'll talk about my favorite horror movies, and you might be a little bit surprised. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs> Hey, hey, this is Gene. You know, sometimes you just have to do something different. Uh, doesn't always have to be about politics and news. And the news cycle, a little slow. They're basically, everyone's repeating the same thing. Um, Joe Biden is going to be in some trouble. It looks like he's been on the take with China and with Ukraine. It'll be interesting to see what's going to happen, but it's too early to say. And tonight's the last presidential debate. Uh, we're going to listen to that. But I want to go over this list of uh, movies from the Daily Wire. Uh, and then I want to talk about each of the movies. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually quote uh, what the Daily Wire said in the movie. And then I'm going to give... I'm going to give my opinion about the movie. And then I'll throw some other movies that are out there. So uh, the first movie that they talk about is Psycho. I, I'm not shocked here. Psycho is a hell of a movie. And from the Daily Wire, Alfred Hitchcock defied conventional wisdom in the 1960s Psycho in more ways than one. Respected amateurs weren't prone to the horror genre that's being generous. Plus, the unwritten production codes of the era prohibited filmmakers from dabbing in blood, gore, and other horror movie essentials. Hitchcock clung to the era's limitations and still left us clutching our armrests. The iconic shower scene alone stunned audiences, and for all the right reasons. A signature score that's synonymous with horror, implied violence, but nothing grotesque. Black and white blood circling down a drain. More chilling that, that gallons of red liquid oozing from the Friday the 13th victim. By the way, that was chocolate sauce. If you ever... I actually had to study Psycho um, in college. It's chocolate sauce that they're doing down the drain. And a comely heroine checking out long before the end credits. That decision alone makes Psycho a one-of-a-kind thriller. Okay, Psycho is a one-of-a-kind movie. There's no question. The music, the lighting, the shot angles, even Alfred Hitchcock's cameos were all revolutionary in the movies. The biggest accomplishment of this movie was the shock value at the end. Um, this has been attempted... They they have this they have attempted to duplicate this in hundreds of movies, but none of those movies comes close. As a matter of fact, I remember they have attempted to do this so often that you'd say, okay, there's going to be a twist at the end, and it's probably going to be this person. I have actually been able to guess movie endings based off Alfred Hitchcock and all the attempts to copy what Hitchcock did at the end of the movie. Uh, other movies that really are close to this, 
Identity, which I think was a very underrated movie. I thought it was a very good movie. Rosemary's Baby and Split, which actually is more of a comic book horror than anything else. It's not really a horror. Um, The main character in Split is actually a comic book hero or villain. I'm not sure which. The second movie they talk about, Night of the Living Dead, the original Night of the Living Dead. They've made a couple of them. The Daily Wire writes, George A. Romero kickstarted his career on Pittsburgh's iconic kiddie show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yes, really. Years later, Romero created the template for the modern zombie movie. Talk about range. In his 1968 feature film debut, originally dubbed Night of the Flesh Eaters, cemented his status as a go-to shock tour. Only Dead didn't immediately launch our current zombie craze. It took time. Two Dead sequels from Romero himself and a culture obsessed with dystopian stories to make that happen. Romero simply lit the flame on the slow-burning fuse. Directors and a certain AMC series have been tracing the template ever since. This is the movie that introduced us to zombie movies and one pretty good television show. Now, something I want to point out with zombie movies, it is really not about the zombies. If you think this is all about the the zombies eating people, you're not watching zombie movies, right? Night of the Living Dead, and especially the AMC um, uh, series, um, uh, 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 what's it called? Um, I can't remember what it's called. What the Walking Dead? These were actually um, about the relationships between the characters in a high stress situation, and I can't think of a stress situation higher than being eaten by other people. That that's the problem with zombie films. They're all alike. When one gets eaten, one feels bad for the character, unlike violent slasher films or exploitation films where you really don't get any character development. You really don't care about the characters getting killed. You're just wondering how they're going to get killed. The thing is, some people are turned off by zombie films because there is so much psychological analysis that can be done. We eventually run out of things for the relationships between people. I'm an example of that. I don't watch serious uh, the Train to Bouchon. I, I've, I've seen it. I was bored with it. It was just kind of, okay, it's the same thing over and over again. Um, and that's really why I'm not a huge fan of The Walking Dead. Because now I'm going to watch six, five, six, seven seasons of relationships and zombies eating people. It's dumb. Some writers, though, have really taken zombie movies to a different level. Uh, they've decided to make humor of them. Uh, movies like the 90s version of Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead, there was two versions. There was one in the 70s and there was one in the 90s. The 90s version is actually quite good. And it is, it's very violent. Um, but the zombies, this was one of the first movies where the zombies actually can run. Whereas most of the time, the zombies are just, you know, just kind of walking around. You can push them down. These zombies actually can run. Um, return, not return. To the Night of the Living Dead, I thought was just hysterical. Um, Shaun of the Dead, I thought was absolutely hysterical. It made complete fun of the zombie, uh, of the zombie apocalypse. It was great. And then Zombieland was 
a fantastic and just funny, funny film where you've got this kid who has survived in Zombieland because he comes up with these 2750 rules that he has to follow. And it, it it's a, these are great movies. Um, so the zombie, the zombie thing I haven't quite given up on yet, especially when they come up with really clever movies. The next movie they talk about is Halloween. And this is the 70s version of Halloween, mind you. 70s or 80s? I think it was 80s. Early 80s. It's the movie that mainstreamed the slasher subgenre for better and certainly worse. Director John Carpenter, who created the film's unforgettable score, told the tale of a young man who does his dirty work on All Hallows' Eve. Everything clicked for Carpenter, from the game Final, final Girl... Jamie Lee Curtis, to the choreographed scares that endured after multiple viewings. It's a master class in the suspense, tension, and pacing. The signature mask, crafted by William Shatner's imitable mug, did the rest. Halloween made Carpenter a Hollywood legend. Even his subsequent films ranged from inspired The Thing and insipid Ghost of Mars. I've never seen Ghosts of Mars. The Thing today remains as one of my favorite movies, and I'll probably have to remove that later because um, I just bought that. Halloween is the first of the serial killer slasher movies. Now, we're going to talk about something called a um, uh, exploitation film, uh, basically torture porn. Halloween, Friday the 13th, they're not torture porn. They're um, actual slasher movies. These movies do not have a plot, no one can act, no character development, no dialogue, and no one really likes the characters. And when I say no dialogue, I mean there is just like a, a, a duh through half the dialogue. What they, these kids usually say is just crap. It's garbage. Oh yeah, the victims make really bad decisions. We're going to talk about a specific type of movie later on where that's, I think should have been on this list, but they didn't make it. The murders are completely unrealistic, and the only character... They're very original, but they're completely unrealistic. And the only character that has any sympathy from the audience is the virgin female that you can tell right off the bat who she is. Oh, I forgot. All the teenage chicks are naked throughout the film. And this happened in Halloween also. I have never been a huge fan of slasher fics, uh, flicks just way too out there for me and just kind of like no i love the first two halloween movies i i actually really loved rob zombie's version of halloween his version of halloween 2 i did not care for uh, other slasher films would be like nightmare on elm street and scream and I never liked Friday the 13th. A lot of people stand by it, but I've never liked the movie. I just thought it was really not a very not a very good movie. The next movie is Alien. According to the Daily Wire, in space, no one can hear you scream. It's the perfect tagline for the perfect sci-fi horror mashup. Director Ridley Scott's masterpiece launched massive movie franchise and one of the best film sequels of all time, 1986's Aliens. The original film remains a pristine shocker, deftly blending character beats, claustrophobic sets, and a heroine as good as any in the modern era, Sigourney Weaver's Ripley. The film has left us with arguably the greatest movie monster of all time, 
and year after year, horror film cop films copy the xenomorph critter with poor to middling results. Films as recent as this year's Sputnik attempted to upgrade the alien model. This would be a, for the first real sci-fi horror. I personally didn't care for Alien. I thought Aliens was far better, far funnier, a uh, lot more action. Other movies that would match this would be The Thing, which I think is a better movie than Alien, and Life, which is uh, a movie that not a lot of people saw, but I thought it was actually a very good movie. The next movie is Silence of the Lambs. The Daily Wire says, Why does Jonathan Demme's film matter? Let's start with Oscar. The film swept the major swept the major Academy Award categories for the year, including Best Picture, Best Actress, Jodie Foster, and Best Actor, Anthony Hopkins, although his modest screen time suggests a Best Supporting Actor was more appropriate. I agree with that, um, but the movie's roots were from Hitchcock's Psycho. Even the bad guy is based off the same serial killer, uh, Ed Gein. So I'm not a fan of this pick, though I understand why they picked it. It made it so that horror movies could actually become Oscar winners. Uh, so, okay, I'll accept that. The next movie I completely agree with, and that's The Blair Witch Project. The Daily Wire states, Hate found footage movies? Abhor films that create faux online campaigns meant to boost their credibility. Blame this absurdly profitable shocker, one of the biggest Hollywood curveballs ever thrown, for both brief trends. Three young, clueless filmmakers head into the woods to learn the truth behind the urban legend, and they get a crash course in the old saw, be careful what you wish for. The low-budget film used the main character's cameras to chart the action, meaning the filmmakers leaned on cheap, grainy footage without a hint of FX treats to keep us off guard. The film's production budget, an absurdly low $60,000. Its global box office tally, $248 million. For that, we got a giddy sense of the unknown and the growing horror felt by the filmmakers. I thought... Paranormal Activity was a great movie. I took my ex-wife, we went to go see it, and or not Paranormal Activity, excuse me, we're getting to that. I thought um, The Blair Witch Project was a great movie. Scared the crap out of me. As a matter of fact, I watched it a couple days ago. Um, and it was very simple. Just a very simple movie. Uh, there have been tons of copycats to... to uh, to the Blair Witch Project, but the only one that has really stood the test is Paranormal Activity, and I mean the first Paranormal Activity. Now, a lot of people don't realize this, but the Blair Witch Project actually had two sequels, and the sequel sucked. So, <laughs> it was just that one time. Paranormal Activity, I think, had five or six sequels, and it was the first sequel that was any good. The, the last four five sequels that they made were just, the sequels were just terrible. Um, <clears throat> I do have a question. It's a rhetorical question, so answer in your own head. If you're in the woods alone with a chick who's crying and vulnerable, and you're going to die because there is a vindictive witch, wouldn't you have had sex with her? 
This was one of the things I asked myself when I saw it the second time. It's like, okay, she's not hot. Let's let's get that out there. But I mean, I don't know. I probably would have done her up. They've got nothing else to lose. Uh, just asking. I I don't know. Okay, uh, 28 Days Later is the next movie. Romero is the godfather of zombie film, but Danny Boyle deserves credit for fanning the undead flames. The director's thriller took zombies seriously and introduced a new wrinkle into the genre, These Zombies Could Run. The British film gave the sleeping zombie movement a wake-up call, paving the way for everything from the solid Dawn of the Dead remake in 2004 to Max Brooks' influential book World War Z in 2006. And one of the horror comedy's best mashups, 2004's Shaun of the Dead. I hate this pick. It's just another zombie movie. I don't think this may remade the genre. I'm sorry. I, I don't think it did. Um, I thought it was a fair to middling film. I thought it was okay. I did not think this film was worth being on this list. Okay, so let's go. Saw. I agree with this pick completely. The Daily Wire says, Directors James Wan's, Wan's feature film debuted sparked one of the genre's shortest trends to date. And thank goodness for that. Enter the torture porn era. Now, I want to be very clear here. I'm going to talk about this, but torture porn's been around for ages. And it's they're typically called exploitation films. So we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So continuing with the article, the genre leaned heavily on practical effects and our lust for blood, gore, and more. While some horror films practice restraint with killings, these films zoomed in on the mayhem. You couldn't look away. The 2004 film Saw hit it big at the box office, sparking a never-ending franchise, which returns in a new form next year with Chris Rock's Spiral. Okay, so this is the start of the exploitation film, torture, porn era. Absolutely correct. Now, mind you, there were tons of movies like this before, but never had the incredible impact. Okay, and we're going to talk about those films in a few seconds. So what is the difference between torture, porn, or uh, I like to call them exploitation films. What's the difference between exploitation films and slasher movies? The difference is people are actually being sat down and being murdered. It is, it is, that's really it. Not a lot of nudity, very little, very little in the way of plot. I mean, there's less plot in these movies than there is in um, slasher films. Uh, now, again, they also go beyond the realm of taste. Slasher films, at least, you're like, okay, yeah, not going to do that. These films go beyond that. These films actually sit someone down and torture them mercil mercilessly. Rape, child murder, um, are not outside the realm of torture porn. There have been several movies in the past. Last, La Last House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes, and I Spit on Your Grave were around 30 years earlier and were far more violent and disturbing than Saw. Saw was very disturbing, but Saw was really just basically torture. Um, Hostel 
is another movie. They uh, no rape or anything, um, but it was no child death or anything like that. But definite torture. It is. It's pretty terrible. Okay, the next film, which. Okay, I I, I guess, uh, is Get Out. Um, this is a Jordan Peele movie. Daily Wire said, What a sketch comic like Jordan Peele doing in the horror genre, reminding us that socially conscious horror movies can still make us scream. Peele's film boasts of left-of-center thesis, woke liberals are capably of horribly racist acts. The film doesn't coast on its progressive laurels, though. Get Out grabs us from the opening scene and smartly develops, deployed, reveal, uh, smartly deployed, reveals, keep our attention to the very end. The film makes progressive horror hip again, and we'll see how far the trend stretches. The recent antebellum shows the Get Out formula isn't easy to follow, and that's being kind. I now I thought Get Out was a great movie. I really did. I did catch the left-leaning, anti-racist talk that uh, Peel was bringing up. Um, should it be on this list? No. If you watch this movie, it's another zombie movie with a message is essentially what it is. How the black people became zombies is their message. Um, who cares? I think this was not an influential mov- movie. And I do have it in my library. I, I do not think this was a movie that really should have been in here. So here's some movies I think actually were missed by the Daily Wire, and I'm shocked. They should have added at least three or four movies to this list. And one of them I would actually replace completely. So let's take a look at this at my list of movies that were influential. The Exorcist. How in the hell does anyone miss The Exorcist? There have been about a thousand movies that tried to copy the possessed individual. And it also analyzes the devil himself and and the relationship on earth and what we must deal with them. The Exorcist, heck, people were leaving the theater on The Exorcist when it came out, and it was a mainstream movie. I think um, Halloween should be replaced with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre is actually the first real slasher film, and it was a trippy film. It was funny. I liked the remake they did back in the 90s. I I thought the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was actually the first film, slasher film, and Halloween came in second. Now, granted, it wasn't as popular as Halloween, but it did have a, it did have popularity and it had a cult following, so it was something. Final Destination, and I can tell you one thing, I have seen every Final Destination sequel, and I thought it was great. This, this is a movie about the battle of mortality and how we can escape it. The killing are violent and really the killings are violent and really original. And one watching is kept completely off balance because something that looks like it's threatening death probably isn't. Uh, it's a brilliant film. Uh, I remember one line 
in the first movie where the main character puts everything threatening in a closet. A bunch of weird shit happened, and the closet ended up opening up and a rusty fishing hook almost cut him. The character smiled and said, Tetanus, I get it. I got you. And he is talking to death. So this is this is a movie that actually, instead of fighting the devil or fighting demons, people are actually fighting death. I think that is horribly original. And I think the six or seven films they made after it kind of proves it. Another movie that I thought should have been uh, brought up is Hellraiser. And again, Hellraiser has about seven or eight sequels. Um... And all of the sequels actually made money. No other form of entertainment actually took the people, not only possessed, not only in this thing, but actually took them to hell so they can view the suffering in hell. And if they weren't lucky enough, they would end up suffering in hell. Now, mind you, I liked the first and second Hellraiser's movies, didn't care for any of the others, But they all fall in the same bounds. It's bringing hell on earth and bringing earth to hell. I just think that's original. Now, neither of these movies were actually very good. I I, I didn't like... I liked Unfriend Me, um, but Pulse is the one that needs to get the cut. I am a parent. The internet is evil. Smartphones are evil. Facebook is evil. Twitter is evil. Why not make... Why not come up with a movie that, a horror movie, that makes technology evil. Pulse was the first to do this. And basically with Pulse, uh, your phones began affecting you, your cell phones. So you're walking around with a cell phone, it began to possess you. Um, Weird, uh, weird, and it was a weird movie. I didn't like it at all. Unfriend Me talks about social media and the evils of social media. So if a demon or a ghost could actually haunt social media, that's Unfriend Me. And that ghost takes her revenge out. I liked Unfriend Me. I thought it was a very interesting movie. I I don't think it is fantastic. But these movies actually bring evil into the social media realm. Scream. This is actually a slasher film, but I, I still think it is it is different. But this movie did something different. It was comedic, and it made fun of slasher movies. Not to mention the twist at the end of the movie, where you think there's one serial killer, and then you get a big surprise at the end of the movie. This was something that was way done. That was never been done before. The violence is way over the top. And the deaths seem implausible, but it was really funny. And that's what made the deaths workable. How a gal gets slashed up, gutted, and hung from a tree in two minutes, impossible. But that's what made the movie actually funny. It was so overdone that it was just like, oh my god, you've got to be kidding. Um, another great movie that also makes fun of slasher movies is Cabin in the Woods. That is also an excellent movie. An excellent movie. Um, I think that, that that's like got 90%, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Cabin in the Woods really makes fun of slasher movies. 
if you really, if you don't have the kids, <laughs> watch that movie. Evil Dead. This is a movie I really thought should have been here. Just an absolute classic. A mix of horror and comedy with over-the-top violence. This movie mix, mixes all horror genres. It's like The Exorcist, Night of the Living Dead, and Hellraiser with a sprinkle of Blair Witch Project mixed all into one. I'm not talking about a new... I'm not talking about the new version. I think the, 80, the 80s version is the best version, and it blows the shit out of the, the uh, 2010 version. Um, the 2010s. I don't know which one it was. Um, the remake really just did suck. And then a movie I'm really surprised at that didn't get on this list was Jaws. Now, again, Jaws, a lot of people don't consider a horror movie. It is a horror movie. There's no question. It is a horror movie. People actually stopped going into the ocean because of Jaws. It scared the piss out of them. And Jaws, this led to several different um, remakes. It led to the movie Piranha, which there was a 70s version of Piranha, and there was a 2010s version of Piranha. Both were, I thought, pretty good. Uh, and both Piranhas actually had sequels. The sequel for the Piranha in the 2010s, not very good. The original Piranha, pretty good. Um, it led to Orca. It led to, um, uh, what's the other one? Boy, the fish. It went to a bunch of shark movies that weren't very good uh, that were released this year. Um, so it, it was, uh, Jaws was definitely a game changer in the horror market. So, movies that I love. Let's get into the movies that I loved and I'm going to be watching. Seven. A horror, a mystery, suspense movie with a messed up twist at the end. All gore, no violence. It stars uh, Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, and Kevin Spacey before he started harassing underage boys. And by far, one of Brad Pitt's probably best performances. Seven was a great movie. It's engaging. It's dark. And the end is just a brain screw. Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat is a short story based horror movie, which means it actually is made up of four stories mixed into one movie. It's much like uh, the movie Creep Show, which also, by the way, is a great comedy horror film. The violence is heavy, but it is so over the top, it's kind of funny. And there are a bunch of twists that are really just keep you going. So if you want to see it, there is twist. One short story has a twist. The other short story has a twist. And I got news for you. <coughs> the little guy that walks around there with the bag over his head, creepiest little son of a gun. I actually wanted to wear that as a costume. And I'm probably his height. It follows... If you are uh, a conservative, It Follows will be a movie you'll actually like. It's extremely creepy. Essentially what, ha essentially what happens is, if you have sex with someone who is infected with a curse, you inherit the curse, and then a demon follows you until you can either get rid of the curse by having sex with somebody else, or you're killed. In that case, the curse falls back to the person you had slept with, that person had slept with. It is a horribly creeping movie. And basically, the point, don't have sex with people unless you love them. Which essentially is 
what probably happened at the end of the movie. Can't really tell. It's kind of weird. It's a great movie. Reanimator. This is a horror classic from the 80s. The violence is way over the top. It is funny as crap. Um, But it's... The movie is so over the top. I'd watch... Well, I wouldn't watch it with my five-year-old. But it's just a really fun movie. Um, It goes off the... It basically perverts the Dr. Frankenstein thing. So it is still, I think, another zombie movie. But it is a zombie movie that... Yeah, it's worth watching. It... And this can be the new version of it or the old version of it. The new version of it, they have it and they have it too. It too sucked ass. I hated it. But it still remains, the new version of it still remains creepy. And it is very close to Stephen King's It novel, which was a thousand page novel. It's very close to the, to the novel. The old version of it, again, it was made for a TV series. Um, it was very good. The clown was creepy as hell. Well, the clown is creepy in both of them. Those were great movies. So horror movies for me are so much fun. They make me laugh. They get my dopamine running and I just have fun. I hope this list kind of helps you out. Uh, I thank the Daily Wire for giving me a shot. It's Halloween. It's time to let our imagination go with us. So you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can visit my website. If you can't remember all the movies I'd mentioned, go to www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and take a look at my movie list. I actually have decent show notes here, so you're going to be able to see everything. Have a good night. I'm going to go watch the debates right now. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.